Despite being no larger than the state of New Jersey, Israel is a country where all eyes are constantly turned, from the media to politics to religion. The tension is palpable and not to be overlooked. In past generations, investing in turns Israel's existence was more of a given, regardless of one's religious or ethnic background. But today, that has changed, with younger generations no longer holding that same passion, and with many reflecting either apathetic or sometimes even antagonistic views towards the state's need to exist. This is not about us versus them or good versus bad. As someone currently living in Israel, I see the country for what it is, the good, the bad, and the sovereign, <laughs> as the saying goes. So join me, Izzy Sakai, as we go beyond politics and sit down with Jewish and non-Jewish changemakers, thinkers, and fearless leaders to discuss Israel's vital existence in the past, present, and future. Everyone, welcome to another episode of Arizona Narrative. We're sitting here today with Yossi Kainalevi, who is an award-winning journalist and best-selling author, um, several different uh, books, uh, one of them which I just was fortunate to finish reading, Letters to My Palestinian Neighbor, which I was just discussing a little bit with Yossi. I, I just really admired how raw and honest um, he's able to be in his works. And uh, I see it as putting himself on the front line of really speaking out on behalf of Israel and trying to get to a place of, of real resolve and, and not being afraid to ask questions and have real conversations. Um, and I, it's really, uh, it's an honor to be sitting here with you. And Thank you, Izzy. I'm delighted to be with you. <laughs> I'm excited for everyone to hear a little bit more from you. Um, so, you know, I know we were just chatting a little before and I'm, and I'm happy to dive right in if you want to share a little bit about how you got to where we are, where we're sitting right now. Um, an interesting tidbit about yourself, a fun fact, as they say, to kick things off. Well, we're sitting uh, in my office at the Shalom Hartman Institute in Jerusalem. Uh, I've been a fellow here for, I don't know, 13, 14 years. And uh, this is my home. It's my intellectual home, my spiritual home. And it's a place of, um, of gathering. It's a place that really brings the Jewish people together. That's the vision. And all parts of the Jewish people. It's a place of, of Klal Yisrael of the, that sees itself speaking to the totality of the Jewish people. And um, not all of the Jewish people is interested in what we have to say, but that's okay. Uh, but we see our, our um, responsibility, uh, if not our reach, as including the whole of the Jewish people. And I sit here uh, in a few capacities. I, I um, first of all, I write. I sit, in, I sit here and I, I write. I work on, on books and articles. And I'm also the uh, co-director of a program called the Muslim Leadership Initiative, which brings young emerging Muslim American leaders to the Institute to study Judaism, Israel, Zionism, the conflict. And there's no program like this anywhere in the world, which I'm very proud about and very frustrated about mm. because uh, we need a lot of, of work to be done with the Muslim world. It's, it's um, for, for the sake of the safety of the Jewish people, for the sake of our place in the world. Uh, we are now back, well, some of us never left the Middle East, but but many of us did leave the Middle East and now we're back. And we're, as a people, the Middle East is now once again the center 
of, uh, of Jewish life in a way that it hasn't been probably since the uh, Middle Ages. Um, and, uh, and we are now once again, a people that lives primarily in relation to the Muslim world. And that requires a, um, a lot of serious rethinking about our relationship to the Palestinians, to our neighbors. I think the Abraham Accords uh, give us a, uh, a very enticing, um, a tantalizing look into the possibilities of what peace could really be like. We're still far from that with, with some of our neighbors. And so that's, that's some of the work that I'm doing. I, I'd say that I do, I work on two, in two areas. One is our relationship with the outside world and the other is our relationship to each other, our internal Jewish dynamic. That's, that's how I would divide the books that I've written into those mm -hmm. two categories. And, and in the end, they're really about the same thing, which is how do, how do we respond to the radically new conditions of Jewish life that the state of Israel has created for us and that the end of the exile has created. We, we, we're not in exile anymore. We either live in a voluntary diaspora or we live in a sovereign Jewish state. And so these are the questions that I deal with in my work. Very light. Like, yeah, yeah, you, you know, really, that's right. Go, uh, that's as right. your days go, as your go. Yeah, a little romance, <laughs> a little, you know. Um, no, so. but but important questions. And I think, you know, like I was explaining to you before, what we're really trying to do here is ask those questions, you know. There are big questions. As a Jewish person today walking around, you can't ignore the fact that there are big questions to be asked and to be answered. And you might not have the answers. I don't claim to have the answers. I don't think you claim to have the answers. That's why we need to, to put ourselves out there and be on the front lines. And uh, you've, you've offered a great definition for being a Jew, <laughs> someone who asks big questions and doesn't necessarily have the answers. <laughs> or gets many answers, which right. I guess in that sense is not really, it's not right. what you're looking for. So, uh, so yeah, um, but it's important. It's important. And, you know, from your vantage point where you're sitting today, you said, right, we're, we're back in the Middle East. We're here. We haven't been here for a while, obviously. Uh, at least not in this capacity, several- Not as a sovereign as a, state. Right, yeah. right. So so how would you describe the need for a sovereign Jewish state today right, as a Jew? Um, I, would, I would say, uh, I would offer two answers. One is for the sake of the Jewish people. The other is for the sake of Judaism. Hmm. For the sake of the Jewish people, I think the answers are, um, the answer is obvious. Uh, and the rise of anti-Semitism again reminds us that uh, that the uh, intuition of the founders of the Zionist movement was exactly right. That the Jews need a a place uh, where they can defend themselves. Very basic, minimal Zionism, mm -hmm. without um, without getting too ideological. Just a kind of a, an instinctive. Zionism. Jews need a place to protect themselves. Israel, uh, the story of Israel since 1948 is really the story of absorption of three great waves of Jews, Jewish refugees, who had nowhere else to go. The first great wave were the Holocaust survivors coming out of the displaced persons camps, the DP camps, uh, in the uh, post-Holocaust era. Nobody wanted them. 
They, and that's the great scandal of the post-Holocaust era is that Jews remained in camps in Germany because nobody wanted them. And so the first great wave that Israel absorbed immediately with the establishment of the state in the middle of the 48 war were the DP uh, refugees. Uh, the second coming, uh, beginning at the same time that the DPs were coming and then intensifying through the 50s were the Jews from the Muslim world. And this is something that I think about a lot. Just imagine if there were major Jewish communities still today in countries like Syria, Libya, Yemen, Iraq, Lebanon, countries that have become completely dysfunctional where minorities have been massacred in the last 10, 15 years. Yeah. What would be the fate of the Jews of the East if they hadn't come here? So Israel first saves the Jews of the, of, of the Shoah, then it saves the Jews of the East, and then the final great wave of refugees comes in the early 90s, the Jews of the former Soviet Union. And that was in some ways the most improbable of all of the waves of Aliyah because they were really a lost tribe. We, another generation, and we would have lost them entirely right. to the Jewish people. Right. And so they were retrieved at really the last minute and they rejoined the Jewish people at, through Israel. And Israel is the only place in the world where assimilation works in our favor. So Jews from the former Soviet Union who were very assimilated, many intermarried, come here and they begin to rejoin the Jewish people by assimilating into the majority culture. And that's the second point that I wanted to make, which is why Israel is essential for the sake of Judaism. Especially in a globalizing world where the tendency is to homogenize cultures, minorities lose their culture. A, a, an ancient people that's carrying uh, the tradition and the memories that we, that we carry needs a safe place for its culture, for its civilization. You can call it its religious civilization, its secular culture. I, I, I include all of those aspects under, under the umbrella of Jewish civilization. And um, Israel is, is the only place where, um, where the future of Judaism is absolutely secure. We marry each other here. We, we, we just take that for granted. Right. And Israelis don't realize, secular Israelis don't realize how Jewish they are. Mm -hmm. if, Amer if, if American Jews lived as Jewishly as the most secular Israeli, they would be considered religious. Hmm. And, uh, and yet we just take it for granted here. And if you think about secularism, um, in the 19th and 20th centuries, there were very strong secular Jewish identities. There was in Eastern Europe, there was y the Yiddishist movements, the, which had various forms. And Jewish secularism was a very strong identity. It's almost completely disappeared as an organized force in the diaspora. Right. It still exists very strongly here. There's a very strong Israeli secular Jewish culture. And so given the fact that in the modern world, not every Jew is going to be religious, Israel provides multiple ways 
to identify as, as Jews. So Israel is essential to protect the Jewish people physically and to protect Judaism spiritually. Right. I was gonna. I was gonna say. You know, if you to just categorize this exactly what you're saying, you have the the physical element and you have the spiritual. And, and I'm going to write that down because that's something I want to remember to write. It's it's great. No, it's great. And I think and I think right what we're talking about here and what we're trying to hit on is is what are the different ways you connect? Maybe for you it's more the physical. Maybe you you can just look at your own family history and see they needed somewhere to go, and it was Israel. Right. It could be. Or in a spiritual sense, for me, it's it's been both these things coming here. I've, I've mm -hmm. found both this intercom uh, on a physical level and this intercom on a spiritual level. Um, but yeah, you feel it. And and growing up, coming here, I remember that it was just being here in the air. We would always come Pesach time. And it didn't matter. It didn't matter mm -hmm. where you were. You felt that it was Pesach. Yeah, you saw, yeah you totally, know? totally. So, so. And if, and if there are places like in Tel Aviv where Pesach is not necessarily being observed, Everyone knows that they're not observing Pesach. Right, of course. If you're on the radio, you 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 know, you know, you see more potato vodka than the regular vodka. Yeah, it's it's uh it's obvious. It's obvious. Um, so you started touching on a little bit. And you said you were kind of like avo avoiding. I think going down that path so strongly, but but defining uh, Zionism a little bit more. And I think um, it's a definition I've grappled with a little bit more. Something I've I've grappled with defining a little bit more. Um, in, in more recent times, because it's become a uh, it's become a challenging word. I don't know. I don't know what to call it. Um, and and in your in your book, letters to my Palestinian neighbor, I mean, you, you define them in a few ways that I really appreciate it. I think it would you know if you could just share a little bit um, doesn't have to be exactly obviously what was said there, and maybe it shifted even in that. In sense well, to tell you the truth, I don't remember what I wrote there. Okay, it was even uh, it was uh, the book came out in 2018, and I really haven't read it or looked at it since so uh it's 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 over for me you know it's, yeah. when a book is published i feel it's it it no longer belongs to me and um and there's there's always you know god willing the next project so that's where the mind goes and is absorbed into so i don't really i don't remember what i wrote there but what i what i'll tell you my the definition of zionism that i'm working on now is um is a little bit different from the standard definition of Jewish sovereignty, which I take for granted. I don't think that we need an ideology for Jewish sovereignty anymore because we have Jewish sovereignty. We don't need political Zionism. It's it succeeded. We when we needed it, it did its job. But now we need a, a 21st century definition of Zionism. You're saying, just, just to clarify, you're saying in terms of creating the state of Israel, we did having it. democracy and it's all. It's done. It's done. Right. And it might not be perfect, and it might not be the way that it's, it's meant to be. It's, it needs to be, but it's well, that's, it Yeah, but that, that's the work of any society. Right. You have to right. work to, to, to make it better. You, you, you have a responsibility as a citizen, not as a Zionist, as a citizen, to, uh, to, to deal with the problems of your society. And and so Zionism won. If Zionism is going to have a shelf life in the 21st century, it needs a much more relevant definition. And for me, the definition that resonates is that Zionism is the ideology of Jewish peoplehood. And what I mean by that is that Zionism defines Jew as the noun. 
and all the other ways in which we express our Jewishness is the, uh, the adjective. I'm an Orthodox Jew. I'm a Reformed Jew. I'm a secular Jew. I'm a Zionist. I'm a non-Zionist. I'm Haredi. Those are the nouns. Those are the, the, the adjectives. The, the noun is Jew. Some of those groups act as if the noun is the adjective. As in picking a specific, I'm a Haredi Jew. I'm yeah, my, my yes. Jew, my, and, and, and if you're not the kind of Jew that I am, mm -hmm. at the very least, you're a lesser Jew mm -hmm. and not an authentic Jew. Mm -hmm. And Zionism says, we don't care how you express your Jewishness. As long, and that's really the, I'd say, the ideology of the Hartman Institute. Uh, we don't care how you express your Jewishness as long as you're serious about it. If you're a secular Jew, be a serious, committed secular Jew. What does it mean? To be a secular Jew doesn't mean what I don't do. You know, it's like in America, mm. some Jews think that, you know, what being Jewish means, I don't believe in Jesus. <laughs> you know? Now, okay, that's, it's a it. start. It's yeah. a start. But, but what, what, what do you believe in? What, what is your positive Jewish commitment? And so Zionism really says that um, we are in a new era of Jewish history. And in this era, because of modernity, because of the shattering, the multiple forms of shattering that the Jewish people has experienced in the last 200 years, 90 plus percent of Jews today live in countries or places that are different from their great-grandparents, right. over 90%. Now that's, that's a real shattering in a people's experience. And then if you factor in the Shoah, if you factor in the expulsion of almost a million Jews from Arab countries, uh, factor in the oppression of Soviet Jewry, uh, what the Jewish people went through in the 20th century uh, in, in, in intensity, and then the creation of Israel, and then the emergence of the first genuinely free diaspora in Jewish history, American Jewry. And, and so all of these forces together have created such a rupture in Jewish identity that we need to give each other the space to act out our Jewish, our Jewish identities. And Zionism is that space for me. Well, just, I'm sitting with that for, for a minute. Me too. I, I, I need uh, to write it down. So, uh, <laughs> you are. Uh, <laughs> uh, you are. You are. You're good inspiration, is it? Uh, so, uh, I, you know, I, I was also going to ask you just to touch a little bit on this idea of Jewish peoplehood, uh, which you which you did parlay into there a little bit. Uh, you could just like expound on that a bit, because I, I think I think it's not spoken about enough. In all honesty, um, look, I think. If, if, you, um, if you ask people today, ask Jews, young Jews, what is, what is Judaism? Who are the Jews? You will get a tremendous amount of confusion and the confusion is legitimate. Mm -hmm. Are we a religion? Are we, well, yes, we're a religion. We, we were created in, an, in a religious act at Sinai of, of divine revelation. Uh, are we a people? Yes, we're a people in that you can be an atheist despite the centrality of religion and Jewish identity and still be part of the Jewish people. 
It's not like Christianity or Islam. When you stop believing in God and stop doing the ritual, you're, you're not a Christian or Muslim anymore. It don't work that way in Judaism. And that's really interesting because we're a people. Uh, are we an ethnicity? Well, we're multiple ethnicities. Just walk on the streets here and you'll see every shade of Jew. So we are multiple ethnicities. Uh, and some American Jews, some Ashkenazi American Jews don't really understand that. They kind of equate Judaism with, with kind of cultural bagels and locks kind of, mm -hmm. you know, expressions, which is an expression of Jewish ethnicity. It's one variation of Jewish sure. ethnicity, but come to Israel and try to get a good bagel, you know, it, it's just, I think I know, found one, really? finally, well. it took some time, not fast food, but decent. <laughs> it's meant for American <laughs> tourists, Israelis don't eat bagels. And so, you know, it's like we have, uh, we are multiple ethnicities. And, and, but what is the core? What, so, okay, we've got all of these different ways of looking at Jewishness. I think each, each Jew needs to ask that serious question, going back to how your definition of, of, uh, of a Jew as someone who asks serious questions and, and, and has a responsibility to try to come up with an answer that you can live by, mm. that, that, that can guide you. And for me, um, my definition of who the Jews are is that we are a people that is moving through history and whose story is, is the account of our encounter in history with God and the world. And that's, that's my understanding of who we are. And in other words, what, what that definition does is placed peoplehood and story, history, at the center of, not of our identity and also of our purpose. And I would say of our religious purpose. Now I'm an observant Jew. I, I more or less, you know, I'm, I, 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 I do the best I can. And, uh, and, and yet I don't believe that halakha is the absolute uh, unconditional requirement to be a good Jew today. Mm -hmm. I think it helps a lot. Mm -hmm. it certainly helps me. Right, right. Um, and what that, what that means is that in our time, the Jewish story has become central again. Jewish history has become central again in a way that it wasn't for 2000 years of exile, because to some extent we were suspended from our own history. We were in exile from, from our land and from our history. And it's not that Jewish history stopped, it continued. Obviously we, we have a very rich 2000 years of history, but the core, the core of the story, which is a people in its land, interacting with God, uh, with the nations surrounding us, that was in suspension. And that story is now back. And mm -hmm. um, the core elements of, of how Jews always understood their story 
are back. And, and that means that we, we are positioned again in a way that we haven't been since biblical times to try to figure out who we really are and what our purpose is and why we've existed for 4,000 years, why we defied every conceivable odd mm-hmm. to make it through history, make it back to yeah. this place. What a crazy story. Really, there's no people in history that lost its land and kept faith with its lost land for 2,000 years. That alone is a crazy story. And, and then, through what we went then, through at the same and, token, it's not like we were living in paradise and then, outside. And then what know. we went through. Yeah. And then even more crazy, we actually came back, just right. as Jews always believed we would. And we created this thriving, crazy country. So the whole story makes no sense rationally. So look, I'm a religious Jew. I believe that God is in this story. I believe this is an irrational story. Mm -hmm. Uh, But I also make room for other interpretations of the story. As, as must be done. But uh, I think, I think you, you hit on a very important point. There's like the the three, the three factors that exist today. We have the Jewish, and and this is what I think in a sense, we were saying the Jewish people encompasses Jewish people, God, and the land of Israel. And when you have those three factors, it's almost like to do something with it. Yeah. Like, and, and that's why I, f- I feel being here and coming and you feel it. It's alive here. It's, it's mm, every day it's a pursuit and, and, and good times and in bad times, um, even more so in the more challenging times, it really, really pushes you. So, um, so just kind of want to close and in, in, uh, bring it, bring a little bit to a close here with, all these different ideas where you stand, where you, at least where you see yourself and the Jewish people standing in this picture, how do we create more unification between individuals like yourself? Um, you're saying, you know, maybe you're coming a little bit more from a religious perspective and others might not and might not identify with halakha and whatnot, but, but how do we unite these different voices and, and create more of a, uh, of a unified voice for the, for the I don't people? know that we can unite these voices and I'm not sure that that's the goal. I think the goal is, first of all, to accommodate mm. these okay. different voices. And, and to accommodate means um, a measure of humility. Uh, this is how I understand the story, but you understand it differently. And I have to live with that. Mm. And that's really, in some ways, the story of, of this country. You know, this is such a small place, and there are so many variations of Jewishness, of Israeliness. And we're either going to, God forbid, devour each other here, mm. or we're going to figure out how we compromise and, and allow this multiplicity of, of voices to, to coexist. The, the essence of the Israeli experience is in gathering. That's the term that we use for the in gathering of all of the diasporas that have mm-hmm. come home. And in gathering means accommodating all of the very different cultural, political, religious, secular experiences that Jews have brought home with us. Um, think of, of, of the varieties of diaspora experience. I'm reading a book now about um, uh, the uh, extraordinary history of the Jews in Germany mm-hmm. from uh, the late 18th century until the rise of Nazism. 
And that was a community that, that um, we've forgotten because of the way it ended. And yet it was one of the most extraordinary experiments in Jewish secularism and, and in modernity. And many of those Jews came here in the 30s. And so built into the Israeli experience is that radical German Jewish secularism. <laughs> At the same time, think of the Jews of the East coming. Think of the Ethiopian Jews. Yeah. And, and then think of the Russian Jews coming who barely knew anything about Judaism. And then the few of us Americans who are kind of all <laughs> over the map, or we're all over the place, and um, ideologically. And so uh, it's really, it's really a, an intense mixture. And so the logic of ingathering, the, 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 the essence of ingathering is learning to accommodate our, our differences. And I believe that what is being created in a natural process, not in a, not in a deliberate attempt to how do, we, how do we unite all of this diversity? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But very naturally, through Jews marrying each other from the most diverse backgrounds, for example, uh, encountering each other in the army. Um, I, I did basic training uh, with, um, in an immigrant unit. Uh, we were all a bit older and they put us together in an immigrant unit. Uh, we, were, we were immigrants from 18 countries. Wow. And, um, and so the intensity of the encounter here is naturally leading to two things, tremendous tensions yeah. and tremendous opportunities for creating something more than what each community brought here. Each community has tremendous um, history, tremendous cultural riches, but what we're creating here hopefully will we'll integrate all of those and be greater than the sum of its parts. Greater than the sum of its parts. Yeah, I think I always love the idea of synergy. Understand that you can only do so much as, as your own self. So especially in a place like this with a history like we have um, and with the, the circumstances that we face. So it's a it's something for, to really go off. Um, so so as to, to really close and say in honor of your... Uh, 40th Aliyah anniversary, mm. result of Thank you. that. Um, August 1982. August 19, that's... Uh, what, a, what an August it was. Yeah. It's a, it was the beginning of the uh, first Lebanon war. And there was three to 400% inflation in the country. Inconceivable. No, no Aliyah. The country was bitterly divided between left and right. During the war, people were so divided over the war, something which never happens anymore in Israel. War brings us together. And Mizrahim and Ashkenazim, it was one of the lowest points in this country's history. There was talk of civil war, actually. And now today, who thinks about that? Who thinks about, about ethnic civil war between Jews? It's, 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 it's inconceivable. That was 40 years ago, not that long ago for some of us. And, no, no, uh, so, <laughs> we've come a long way. We've, I think come, that's a, we've really a come a long way. Again, we've know? really come a long way. And um, when I look back on these last 40 years, I, I come to two conclusions. 
The first is that nothing happens easily here. It's like Israelis think if you can achieve something in a hard way or an easy way, go for the hard way. Mm -hmm. That's our kind of collective ethos. Mm -hmm. And the second conclusion is that we usually get to the goal. We usually achieve what we, what we hope to, to get to. Uh, again, in the more difficult way. Right. But that seems to be built into the Israeli experience. And uh, it's a roller coaster, but it's, you know, there's a, um, one of my favorite Israeli songs is uh, called uh, The Song of the Caravan, Shira Shayara. And uh, it's about the ingathering. It was uh, Arik Einstein, uh, who was our, probably our greatest singer from the 1970s. And, um, and uh, the, the uh, and there's a line in there saying, Zohi har patkat this is the great adventure of our lives. And it's talking about coming to Israel and building the country and, and being part of this story. And I would say for me, being, being in Israel is, has been the great adventure of my life. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and it's, it's, I think that there's only one reason to move to Israel, you know, to, to leave, let's say a safe place like, like the US and come here. And that is that if you know that you can't keep away, mm-hmm. <laughs> that uh, if this is happening in, in our lifetime, uh, why be a Jew anywhere else? So, you know, that's, that's yeah. why I'm here. And that really, it's very simple. It's really very simple. Yeah. And not simple at all. Not simple in the slightest. <laughs> no, especially, especially when, uh, when you hear, and, and I, uh, or when you're here and I actually I, I wrote down here from from uh, letters from Palestinian neighbor you said uh, I came to Israel to be among those who refused to be defeated by history oh, that's a nice in, line I should same, remember that it's in the same vein of what you're saying it's in the same vein of what you're saying you know uh, yeah. we're here our history has, has led us here and brought us here and and we're here to persevere forward not backwards and 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 uh yeah and and create our roots well Lizzie I'm really glad so, you've decided you. to join to join us here <laughs> And uh, and thank you for uh, for what you're doing, and for showing up in my office with a microphone. Very nice. Thank you. I mean, you to had you. your own microphone, but okay. <laughs> I'm glad I can be prepared for that. So, thank you. Pleasure. <laughs>